0: It takes more than starting a new job and saying everything needs to be rewritten to be a great engineer. This is Soft Skills Engineering episode 218. I'm your host Dave Smith. I'm your host Jameson Dance. Soft Skills Engineering is a weekly advice podcast for software developers about all the non-tech stuff like how to convince your team to rewrite everything.
1: Hey I know that a lot of you put a lot of work into this but it turns out everyone does a bad job except me (laughs) and once we rewrite it we will never have to rewrite it again because we'll do it right instead of wrong right like we did bef- <laughs> like you did before i got here you now you were wrong before i got here
0: <laughs> yeah, we're not going to do that anymore
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> have you gone through have you
0: led rewrites before yeah one time did it go well actually uh so at the time i thought it went badly but in hindsight it actually did i think go pretty well it was like a six-week endeavor to rewrite the ui this was back in the days of brand new javascript frameworks coming out so let's rewrite the ui in the the latest one yeah and it actually worked but i think it only worked because the old one was truly bad and no one on the team at the time of the rewrite actually wrote the original spaghetti nastiness Ah, so
1: nobody was nobody felt ownership over it right you could all like insult it together
0: right right no one's feelings were going to be hurt that was in the room (laughs) yeah (laughs) but i do remember it took a couple of extra weeks a couple extra weeks longer than we thought it would take it was like Estimated four weeks took six weeks, which is, to be fair, is a 50% budget overdraw. So it's kind of a big deal, but I don't know. That doesn't sound too bad compared to some that I've seen. I, I know. I, I think I was really hard on myself. And I think my CTO at the time, I remember saying, oh, it's going to be two weeks long. Oh, I'm so, so frustrated. And he was just like, okay, cool. <laughs> I think he didn't want to tell me not to be disappointed. Like He's like, yeah, well, you know, four weeks would have been great, but six weeks is really good. <laughs>
1: All right. I want to read a story from a listener. Okay. I recently shared this podcast with my team, including my manager. Now my team has begun discussing episodes on our weekly team meeting. Some questions are so close to our situation. Then a friend told me (laughs) that our manager thinks that some questions that were critical of management practices have been asked by me. Ooh. I haven't asked any questions, though. I've always been vocal at meetings, often using sarcasm to address, prob- address problems through humor, and I feel that my manager listening to this podcast may get me an undesirable outcome. Ooh! <laughs> we appreciate your sacrifice. Our listener numbers have gone up. Maybe you don't have a job anymore. You'll be remembered. <laughs> yeah, I haven't thought about this before.
0: Like, yeah, like what happens if someone else asks a question that, like, happens to strike right at the heart of my team
1: (laughs) yeah that is eerily close yeah and you've shared this with your team
0: like anonymous listener a bob yeah
1: yeah (laughs) i mean it sounds like your manager has kind of a guilty conscience yeah (laughs) like if they thought everything was great on the team they wouldn't be struck by these questions so much (laughs) Okay, I will offer a blanket statement that can be applied to anyone listening and any managers listening where their team listens. No one on your team has ever asked a question. That's right. About you. (laughs) Ever. So it's not you.
0: That's right. It's not you for sure.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Thanks for sharing that. I hope it goes well.
0: Yeah, good luck. Sorry. I hope it does not go poorly. Yeah, I'm really sorry if anything bad happens. Yeah. We need to get like a disclaimer you have to sign before you can listen. But I guess before you can share it,
1: we'll stick it in the end user license agreement that everybody clicks through without (laughs) reading. We'll just have to—you know how in those commercials they'll sometimes add the super fast voiceovers of all the side effects of medication. (laughs) Yes, we'll have to stick one of those at the end of the podcast. Perfect. All right, do you want to thank our patrons, Dave?
0: Yeah, thanks to those that are donating on Patreon that support the show at a level that gets them a shout out. We have a one-time shout out to Pavlo Labediev and weekly shout outs to the following great folks. They are Vinlock, Ragnar Hardison, Oleksander, microconfig.io, Nick, Travis, Evgeny Sledkowski, Dennis Bogdanov, Braden Keynes, Philip John Basile, Stephen Arman Lee, John Grant, Luke Bayless, Ryan, The Real McCoy, Stanley Tactical Radio, the Agile Ventures charity, Nick Cantar, and Sean. If you'd like to support the show, you can go to softskills.audio and click support us on Patreon. And if you contribute any dollar amount, we will send you an invite to our Slack community. It's not a cult. <laughs> <laughs> At the beginning of each month. So thank you to those invites. We will By the time you hear this, invites will have gone out for July of 2020. So welcome to our new, our new folks.
1: Hang on. I'm just changing the topic of the Slack Everyone channel.
0: <laughs> it's not a cult. <laughs>
1: <Yep>. <laughs> the tagline. <laughs> Yeah, thank you so much to everybody that supported the show financially. You really do keep it going. Uh, there are expenses to doing a podcast and you make it possible for us to keep going. So thank you. I also want to give a shout out to Vettery. Vettery is a online marketplace for you to find your next great developer job. We'll talk more about them later, but for now, you can go to vetterycom slash soft skills and hear more. All right, you want to read our first question? I really do. This is a long one, but it's a
0: good one. And it's also from an anonymous listener. So not, hold on. I, we just have to say, this is, for all the managers listening, this is not your employee. It's not you. Yeah. It's
1: not about you. It's not from anyone on your team. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're right most, almost all the time. About that. <laughs> Disclaimer. <laughs> hey, Dave and Jameson. I really wish I found your podcast sooner, as it has been a great insight into some of the challenges at work. Thank you. Last year, a fairly close friend reached out asking for a referral for an entry-level position to my work. Trying to help him out, I figured, absolutely, what could go wrong? Foreshadowing (laughs) intensifies. (laughs) About three months into his employment, my boss informally mentioned at a dinner how behind said friend was at a technical level. I brushed this off and reassured him that he'll catch up. Six months into his employment, said friend was written up a few times for a few different reasons. Tardiness, performance, uh, avoiding tickets and calls, using the phone too often during work hours, fell asleep at his desk. Seven months in, brought in our yearly reviews which he was denied a raise due to his performance history. He asked me if I thought this was a correct decision, and I was brutally honest and told him that I agreed with the decision. He didn't take this well, and it resulted in an argument between us. At this point, I was pretty frustrated with his performance, and it was definitely straining the relationship. One year in, today, he was caught working on side projects paid at work, which resulted in being put on a PIP final warning. I got pulled aside by my boss and HR asking if I knew about it. I said I knew he had side work, but I wasn't aware that this was being done on company time. He's on the verge of losing his job, but I can't help but feel somewhat responsible for referring him. All of the above events have really hurt the friendship to the point where I don't think I would call him a friend. I've pulled him aside more than a handful of times asking what's going on or if I can help him in any way. But this either resulted in a small improvement or a stubborn response that he's fine at work. Am I holding him to too high of a standard? I don't think the friendship will heal anytime soon, which I'm fine with, but am I responsible for referring him? Thank you for your time, guys. Love the podcast and advice. Oh, wow. Ugh.
0: Tough situation.
1: He's on the verge of losing his job. I mean, I think it's probably gone. Often pips get criticized. Performance improvement plan is what pip means. Often they get criticized as being kind of these hoops you jump through to get someone fired. I would say in this case, it is a hoop they're jumping through to fire to fire. your yeah. f- friend or former friend. The, the clock has started ticking. I, I don't know that there's a step on the plan that's like, do not do paid side projects while at work. And then you check that off and then someone's like, you've really improved. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you really met all your commitments to not cheat the company. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think I think they're probably gone.
0: Yeah, sadly. I think so. So what do you what do you think about the friend's reaction when after a bunch of bad performance reviews like being tardy and spending too much time on the phone at work and falling asleep at his desk, the friend says, "Yeah, I agree that your performance hasn't been great." And the friend is like, "No, I'm gonna argue with you about this like well, I just want, I wonder what his basis was for 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 disagreeing with that?
1: It's probably the I am never wrong principle. Where
0: tell me your more never wrong. Tell me more about this. I would like to have this.
1: <laughs> you can have it. All it takes is an ego and an inability to critically examine your own behavior and the consequences of your own actions.
0: Uh, I think I have, I think I have the opposite of that. Yeah, I am. It's. I think it's called
1: you're never right. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I am never right syndrome.
1: Yeah, I think I have that too a little bit. I feel like I'm pretty quick to like bend over backward and and fold. So, you know how, like, knights in armor are really cool? You admire them for how good they are at defense. Mm -hmm. I think maybe it's just, like, idolizing being really good at defending yourself, and it's made this person really defensive. They, like, have some historical figure they really look up to. Like, is there a well-known siege that was withstood forever or something like that?
0: And then, like, that was the victory?
1: Yeah, it happily worked out for everyone involved.
0: <laughs> well, this has been fun. We're going to retreat now.
1: Yeah, maybe they ran out of food or something. Okay, well, I'm not a historian. It sounds like your friend is really defensive, which I've okay. seen plenty of people do and I've done myself, where maybe in a less confrontational mode, they might recognize and admit they have done some things wrong. But especially if if, if you're confronted by something, it's... It's, it's just instinct to say like, nah, not my fault. Someone else's fault who's not me yes because I'm right and good. But it sounds like they're taking it pretty far if they're getting fired because of their bad behavior and aren't willing to acknowledge it. yeah I mean, it sounds like you've been a good friend in multiple ways. Like you got them a job and you tried to help them do better at their job when they are failing. I don't know that there's much more that you can do.
0: Like at this point, you could go and like throw yourself in front of the train and try to stop the firing and, and but it doesn't sound like you want to
1: Yeah tell them about how you're in the same frat in college <laughs> or like I don't know all the all the friendship details that don't matter about work performance right <laughs> yeah I, I admire you for for talking to your friend directly and and kind of letting him know that it's a problem because this is my fear for referring friends. What if it doesn't work out well on either side? What if the company treats them poorly? Right? For some reason? Or what if the friend is is not behaving well and then that reflects poorly on me in both cases? Which is really selfish, right? Like,
0: well, it's all about you, Jameson, most of the time.
1: It is. I uh, indeed. It's not selfish if I'm right. That's right. <laughs> it is all about me. <laughs> yeah, it's really selfish, but I I don't know. Sometimes I'm selfish. So, I I kind of get scared of referring friends to work at the same place i do sometimes
0: does does it feel like there's kind of this reputational risk escalation where it's like okay you refer someone maybe they don't get through the interview and so there's like minor damage to your reputation but then if they do get through the interview no damage but then if they perform really badly it's like major damage to your reputation yeah you know like and it kind of just ratchets up
1: yeah i think that's how i feel
0: yeah Speaking speaking of interviews, like, okay, so now I'm kind of moving into, like, reputation damage mitigation at this point for you. And I'm thinking, like, maybe you could deflect this problem to the interview process and say, could we have caught this in the interview?
1: I have been guilty of, I don't think I, I think, I think this experience cured me. But I have been guilty of trusting referrals too much. Okay. And just sort of, like waving somebody through the interview process because there was a really strong referral and, and turns out it's good to see for yourself <laughs> is I guess how I'll say it. Okay. But I don't know if you know people you work with and you like them and you trust their technical judgment, it can be really easy to just sort of defer any kind of evaluation to them. And often they're right, but not always. I don't know. It's possible that friendship is not the quality that makes someone a friend is not the same quality that makes them a, useful employee in this context
0: let me just say that is a hundred percent true and there there's probably not even a good correlation between those two things
1: there might be an inverse correlation honestly like (laughs) i don't know it might be really fun to be friends with someone who you would not want to (laughs) be like on a project at work together oh yeah be your boss or be their boss
0: oh for sure (laughs) totally true
1: so am i responsible for referring them To a
0: certain degree, yeah, I think so.
1: I don't think so. Whoa, oh, what? Okay, (laughs) dig into that. Why do you think they're responsible?
0: Well, I don't know if the reality is that you are... Like, if there was a court of law holding you responsible, I don't think they would find you guilty for the actions of someone else, especially if this was a big change in that person's life. But I think in the court of public opinion, where the public opinion is your coworkers and management, they will probably think twice before hiring your next referral after this experience. Yeah.
1: This is a question I can ask. They won't have an answer. But when you referred this friend, did you suspect that they would struggle at all? Did you, like, or is this a total shock to you? I mean, is it? Is it because, I don't know, maybe they got way into heroin since they joined the company or something. Like, is it, this is a question for you to ask yourself maybe before you do your next referral you can sort of objectively judge if they're good at if if they would if they would succeed in this job. Right. And it's fine if they wouldn't. It would be weird if your only criteria for friend, being friends with someone is like they would be a really awesome employee. Right. at this <laughs> at this job. <laughs> they would deliver on time and under budget and that's why we're friends.
0: <laughs> I've got all these great friends that, you know, are exciting, fun people and love to listen but boy, I'm just not satisfied with their Delivery on our deadlines. <laughs> they
1: didn't negotiate hard enough when we went out to dinner the other night. They <laughs> showed a lack of ownership. <laughs> am I holding him to too high of a standard? No. 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 So if, if I'm a friend and someone refers me to a job, I think I am pretty conscious that my actions reflect poorly or well on them. Yes. So I think your friend is is guilty of not only kind of sucking at the job, but being a little selfish about it and not thinking about how the fact that he sucks at his job is is reflecting poorly on you. Sucks at yeah. his job is too strong. I don't know. He's not doing great though, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, and the fact the fact that your friend pushed back when you discussed the issue at that seven month mark after the yearly review gave him no raise, and he was like arguing with you about it tells me that he is seeing the world in a very different way from you. I mean, the fact that at that point he had been late for work a bunch, had been using phone, uh, making phone calls, during work too much, falling asleep at his desk. Look, there's probably good reason, not necessarily good, but there are probably reasons for this that are I'm kind of sweeping aside for the point of this comment. Yeah. And just saying, just the, the bare facts here, he should be aware of this. And, and you're probably the best thing he's got going in his life because you're someone who's actually given it to him straight. And probably the, you're like his closest conduit to reality, I think, about what's going on. Yeah. And he's rejecting that. So uh, you're, you're not holding him to too high of a standard. Definitely not. Yeah.
1: It's, I mean, yeah, I just want to go back to the defensiveness thing. It's, it's really easy to get defensive. I think if you talk to most people who have been fired, I feel like they would tell a story of why the company was wrong. You know, yeah. why, why, why? Yeah, why they were correct in the situation and and what happened to them was wrong and undeserved. And sometimes that will be true, but also sometimes it won't and it's we're just really good at telling ourselves stories that make us feel better.
0: That's right. Yeah, I mean that's like the whole human existence is Yeah. comfort narratives. I was Yeah. about 10 a little over 10 years ago, I had the opportunity to witness a wise manager who is well aware of this fact of the defensiveness that we can create for ourselves after having given negative feedback to someone, I don't know why I was privy to this, but I was The the manager then said, described how the person reacted. And of course the person denied it all and you know, was unwilling to accept the feedback and that's fine. I mean, that can go either way, but what the manager said next is what really taught me a lesson. And the manager said, it's totally natural for him to be defensive in that moment. And what, what I took from that was that this manager was wise enough to let that slide at that moment and didn't hold it against the employee. But he did expect the employee to eventually come to his senses and acknowledge the feedback that he had received. But in the moment, he said, look, you know, I, I give the feedback. They say a bunch of crazy stuff. <laughs> and then later we can, talk, <laughs> we can talk about it for real. And I really appreciated that. But here we have a situation where the feedback was given, you as a friend told them why the feedback was valid and they're still not able to internalize this. So really problematic. Yeah.
1: It's kind of sad. It's a bummer.
0: It is. It is a bummer. And I think the best thing you can do for them is don't relax your standards. But rather say, you know, try to be a good friend and maybe this means you have to stop discussing work with this friend. And that's fine. Like I think you can remain friends with them but maybe this is going to be a topic that has to be off limits for your friendship to be successful. Yeah. Like we all have people in our lives with whom we don't discuss politics, right? yeah (laughs) just add this topic to the list with this friend yeah that
1: makes sense well sorry sorry this friendship has soured a little bit that's never fun but yeah i i think you're you're you are being a good friend that's how i would see it yeah me too first you tried to help him by getting him a job and then you tried to help him kind of shape up and i don't know It's, it's hard sometimes that's the advice. It's hard sometimes. It.
0: <laughs> that's so true. You can sum up life that way. It's hard sometimes. It's hard, most of the time. So, <laughs> yeah. I I will say that in a couple of years, you'll probably look back at this and not have the pain that you feel right now. Like right now, you're you're kind of carrying this guilt about you know, am I responsible for this? Did I create this terrible situation? Am I gonna have to financially reimburse the company for all the hours that they paid this employee? <laughs> <laughs> but. I think none of those things will, will end up haunting you for too long. Yeah. All right. If you've been a software developer at the same job for a few years, it might be time to start looking around. Quit your job is our favorite advice. But first, you should probably find a new job. Trust me, it is better this way. <laughs> Check out a service called Vettery, which matches developers with employers based on what you want, like your location, salary requirements, and technologies you want to work with. I actually signed up myself, and within a week, they sent me an opportunity that looked really good. My current approach to job
1: seeking is tweet dumb stuff and hope the company notices me. So this sounds like an improvement,
0: I think. (laughs) Yeah. Once you sign up, you get a consultant to help you find opportunities. I also like that Vettery lets you specify your salary requirements early rather than going through the whole interview process only to find out. Want wah, your salary expectations were way off.
1: That actually happened to me in an interview. It would have been nice to avoid that. You can start using Vettery without reversing a linked list on a whiteboard, too. They don't have a coding test to sign up. If you are thinking about taking our advice, the soft skills engineering patented advice in quitting your job, check out Vettery.
0: Go to vetery.com slash soft skills to sign up. That's V-E-T-T-E-R-Y dot com slash soft skills. If you use that link, you will help support the show.
1: And if you get a job through Vettery, they will send you $300. Thank you so much to Vettery for sponsoring the show.
0: Well, should we answer our next question? Do you want to read it, Dave? You bet. This comes from a listener named Jake. I'm currently a manager and applied for a manager role at another company. I heard back from the recruiter that the manager role was filled, but they were still hiring for tech leads. I really want to work at this company, so I asked to interview for a tech lead role, but I also really want to be a manager. I'm tempted to ask if they'd be willing to then interview me as if I were a candidate for the manager position that I originally applied for. Should I try to show them my readiness for a manager role, even though they no longer have a manager role available, just so I can be top of mind when a manager role opens up? Or should I just be happy falling back into the tech lead ranks and try to prove myself over time? I really don't mind starting out in the tech lead role and moving back up to management when I'm settled in at the company and an opportunity presents itself, but I can't help but wonder if I could have passed the bar for the manager role I originally applied for. Hmm, so there are
1: kind of two questions here. One is, if I want to be a manager somewhere, is there a path to join as a tech lead? Mm -hmm. And then from there, kind of internally move into management. And this is heavily situational dependent, but generally, yes, I think so. The other one is, should I be a crazy person? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> should, I, should i do something very weird and which is what hey will it help me if i do something really weird Wait, what? and awkward
0: what's the weird thing here
1: so in get into a tech lead interview and then say like hey you know how i'm interviewing for tech lead why don't you just give me that manager interview too okay. just so i can like show off
0: just so i can get my score back
1: yeah let me just flex really quick <laughs> yeah don't do that that's weird that's really weird
0: <laughs> okay so you're saying go all in on the tech lead thing and just forget about the manager role maybe for the purpose of the interview
1: I'm saying I'm saying it's weird to interview for a tech lead and then try and say like try and pivot it into an interview for a manager when they explicitly said very clearly it's filled but we have openings for a tech lead yeah that to me says it's not that they have an opening they just don't think you would do it and even if they did being weird in the interview will not convince them
0: right
1: (laughs) (laughs) it it tells me that they literally don't have a team for someone to manage right now. So it's it's right. not like if you just talk about the five dysfunctions of a team very fluently, they'll, they'll <laughs> say, "Oh, let's shuffle some pieces around. Let's let's move a bunch of people so that there's a team for this clear leader to run."
0: Yeah, so I mean the the listener says that the outcome that they that Jake is hoping for by doing this kind of bait and switch interview situation is that everyone will have such a great impression of his management skills during the interview that it will help accelerate the transition from tech lead to management after hire. Yeah. Still weird? Yeah. Okay. It's still weird.
1: <laughs> it's still weird. What wouldn't be weird is to be very clear in the interview process and say, hey, I'm happy to work in a tech lead role. I really want to move into management. There's a lot of overlap. So hopefully in my work as a tech lead, you can you can recognize my management skills and keep me in mind for those opportunities and then like repeat that to your boss when you join and right. kind of keep it top of mind and show it in your work. But just saying like, let me give a performance. Let me give you a little taste, just a little taste of what you'd get. If you <laughs> made me a manager at your company and you'd perform a magic show for them and I don't know, play some <laughs> background music cause you give a rousing speech, all that management <laughs> stuff, you know?
0: Right. <laughs> Classic management stuff.
1: Yeah. That's weird. I I would not do that. And okay. if someone did it to me, I'd be like, They show the lack of self-awareness that makes me concerned about them being a manager. (laughs) Okay,
0: so you're saying not only will this not help your cause, but it might actively hurt you.
1: Yes, it would hurt you if you were interviewing
0: with me. I, I will say that in all the interviews I've done, very rarely have I ever used the interview data points as a reason to make a role change, say, six months into the job or one year into the job. It's like, well you've got six months under your belt here with the company acting in a tech lead role. You want to do a management position and all I can remember is that fantastic management interview that you did.
1: Just remember, remember that PowerPoint that they put together?
0: (laughs) Oh, gosh.
1: I can't remember anything they've done at their job since since they joined. But
0: (laughs) it really, it really eclipsed the six months of work that I've observed directly from you.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yes, I agree 100%. If you get the job how you perform in the job will matter way more. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that, it, yeah, you just have to keep reminding people that you are interested in management. If you don't say anything, then it's much harder for someone to look at work you're doing in a different role and say, oh, this this kind of work, this this person would do great in this other role. Unless there's like an active shuffle happening somewhere and they're kind of racking their brains, figuring out who can we put in this management role. Right. But even then, you're better off if... if People already know that's something you want to do.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. So, a, yeah, <laughs> those first six months to year will be so much more valuable than the, than the interview.
1: Do you? So we sort of skipped over this idea of joining as a tech lead in order to move deliberately to management. Do you think that's a good idea?
0: Actually, yes. I think this will give you a leg up and give you a big advantage once you are a manager. As a tech lead, you'll get really close to a lot of the technical details, and that could serve you in your management capacity.
1: I could see a downside of this where the team perceives you as sort of mercenary, mm-hmm. you're just sort of in it to climb the ladder. You know, you don't really care about being a tech lead. Like that's not why you're here. That's it's not why you care about. You're just, I don't know, biding your time until this other position opens up. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's a thing?
0: I think that's going to depend on the size of the company. The bigger the company, I think, the less of a thing that that will be, because everyone knows at big mm-hmm. companies that you know people move around, change roles, and sometimes they get in the front door yeah that they didn't want to come through but that's the way they got in very common but at like a little startup where it's like well we only have two managers and you came in this door and now you're thinking more about your career than about our startup i think it might be seen a little mercenary.
1: yeah i'm just thinking through how i would approach it if i wanted to do that i don't know if i have anything useful to say here i'm just babbling
0: What, what do you think about just sitting tight and waiting rather than interviewing at all just wait for a manager role to appear at this company
1: I don't know. It's hard to predict the future. Yeah. I mean, they seem really motivated to work at the company. And so maybe being at the company in a role they're not as pumped about is better than waiting a potential infinite, potentially infinite amount of time for this specific role to open up.
0: Plus, the sooner you get in the company, the sooner you can plant some drugs on the other managers to get them fired and take their position
1: ah yeah it is much easier to sabotage from the inside (laughs) (laughs) that's that's true
0: i can't believe i just said that
1: (laughs) yeah i i don't think it would be mercenary or gross as long as it wasn't a constant topic of conversation with the folks that you worked with on the team Mm if if if, if you say something that could sound negative or sort of backhanded about the tech lead role, then that could rub people the wrong way. Like If it's clear that you don't like it and you don't want to do it and you're just sort of biding your time, I think people might pick up on it. But if yeah. you see it as a way to prove yourself and, and if you do a great job at this, then it'll reflect well on you in other roles. I don't think that's gross or mercenary. That's like what Companies yeah. want to use incentives to motivate people to do do good yeah. work and you'll get promoted or, or move into a role you want. And that's sort of how it works.
0: Yeah. And I, I like that because if I hire a tech lead who I know has management aspirations, I know that they now have a built-in motivator to do a really good job as a tech lead and to stretch their wings and do more than I would get from any other tech lead who doesn't want to move into management. Yeah.
1: And it's sort of a retention thing too. Like, you know, yeah if they want to work at this company and move into management, then it's it's unlikely they'll just jump ship right away.
0: Right. They, they're kind of in it for the long term now. Yeah. Uh, which now the other side of that coin though, is that they might do a crappy job as a tech lead because they're just thinking about management stuff and constantly like ruffling the feathers of my other managers, you know?
1: Yeah. That's probably a question for Jake to consider is like, could I do a genuinely good job at this, at this tech lead role? Mm-hmm. Or would I be so, concerned about moving in into a manager role that i would sort of be going through the motions until a a potential change
0: right now the and you mentioned retention as a possible benefit but there's another side of that coin too which is that if a management position doesn't open up jake is a flight risk you know it's like jake's got a a ticking not not a ticking time bomb but basically got a clock that's running yeah and at some point jake's going to stop waiting for a manager role
1: yeah if it's like two three years four years and it hasn't happened then yeah but at the same time, four years is an eternity in tech ten years. So Yeah, true. It's probably probably fine. <laughs> I mean you'll
0: be you'll be the CEO by then anyway.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sick of these two sided coins. Why can't there just be a one sided coin? <laughs> it doesn't depend. Everything is clear. There's no trade offs or downsides.
0: So you flip the coin and it always comes up heads.
1: Yep. Got it. I'll do this thing, and nothing could go wrong because I chose the right thing. <laughs> I considered all the downsides, and it turns out there aren't any with this. <laughs> decision
0: (laughs) in fact there aren't even sides (laughs)
1: yeah this is all sort of colored by the the broad industry trend where it's relatively easy to get a new job for certain people especially Mm -hmm. more experienced folks so i think the the risk is low to trying stuff if you feel like you are in the point in your career where it's relatively easy to get a new job Mm -hmm. the biggest risk you face then is like opportunity cost of taking something that doesn't work out or that you don't like but it's the the risk isn't that you will go hungry yeah that's not true for everybody certainly but some people are are lucky enough to be in that situation so I I think what I'm saying is I would probably go for it if I were Jake I would just try and make sure that my plan was to do a good job as a tech lead and and feel like I could honestly succeed there instead of just sort of wait until I had I've been anointed with this role that was promised me
0: Right. Yeah. I'm on board with that. I would probably go for the tech. lead. Like if I really want to work at this company, I'd probably go for the, for the tech lead, but definitely not the weird interview bait and switch thing. <laughs> uh, and definitely keep it top of mind for your manager.
1: All right. Have we answered the question? I think so. Good luck, Jake. Good luck. Let us know how it ends up. What can people do if they want their own questions answered?
0: Go to soft and click the button. Ask a question where you can fill out as much or as little information about yourself as you like. Thanks to those who submit questions. They are the lifeblood of the show. All right. We'll catch you next week.